Hello and welcome to another episode of the Testing Peers podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. Tonight we have the full crew. We've got Russell. Hello. Simon. Hello. David. Hello. And I'm Chris. Tonight we're going to be speaking about the testing mindset. But before we get started, we want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, Saffron QA. Saffron QA are specialists in testing recruitment. They provide a range of bespoke recruitment services to organizations across the UK. And for further details about Saffron QA, please see the show notes or visit saffronqa.co.uk. So, who's got some exciting banter for us? Nice, it's me. Obviously, we're talking about the testing mindset. So I was thinking about mindsets. And what was the last thing that you put your mind to that you wanted, you were determined to actually do, and then you achieved it? I've got one. I had spent time before the pandemic and throughout most of it, trying in all great desperation to get my house in England sold and moved into Wales. And it took a lot of effort. It took deals falling through, changing estate agents, spending a lot of money on doing various different things, obviously not being able to go and view properties, a lot, a lot of travel, a lot of mental strain to get us there. We thought about withdrawing the house from the market quite a few times and just sort of giving up and waiting and waiting because there's so many things to take into um, account. And then there's all the battles over negotiating, buying a house and, and all these pieces. But it happened through sort of force of will by the end because there basically wasn't any energy left in our souls before we finally managed to move at the end of last year. I've got one from a few years ago. So before we had the kids, I, I'd done a series of 10K runs for charity. And I thought, right, I'm going to set myself a challenge. And I decided to run 500K over a year to raise 500 pounds for a charity. It doesn't sound very much. So it only works out about 10K a week or just under 10K a week. But actually having that constant thing having, hanging over me that I have to get at least 10K done every week to keep up to the, the track of, of completing it by the end of the year had a massive impact on my mental health for that year. I suddenly felt a lot of pressure on myself that I had to, regardless of the weather, regardless of how busy we were, regardless of whether I was ill, I had to get out at some point. And if I got behind, I suddenly had to do 20K a week or 15K a week instead of to the 10K. And I got there. I finished it about the second week of December. But yeah, it, it was something I was determined to do and I, I got it done. But my love for running has never quite been the same. And I, sometimes I regret it because I would love to feel that excitement about going out for a run every every couple of days or so at the moment. And I just haven't got it. And it's a real struggle to get myself back to a place where I want to go out for runs. So, yeah, I put my mind to it. I did it, but I regret it in some respects since then. So for me, it was probably two years ago or something like that, pre-pandemic. I decided I wanted to lose a bit of weight. Kind of had a goal in mind. I wanted to kind of lose... I think it was 10% of my body weight or something like that. I think was the goal. I made it sort of proportional. And that was a lot of kilo- kilograms, I should say, at the time. And through just change of diet, change of a few little patterns, nothing too massive, I managed to kind of over time see the fact the weight suddenly lower than drop off and so on. And 
got down well beyond that sort of 10%. I was really pleased with. And then in the last six months, I've probably put back on about four or five percent of that weight uh, due to winter, Christmas, pandemics and life. So I'm going to start that again. Yeah, I would, I would, I would agree with you on that one. Yeah. I think I lost weight, and then yeah, this last six months to eight months, I've definitely piled it back on again. Yeah, I've put weight on as well. Um, what I was going to echo what Simon said because actually a couple of years ago I did the sort of I in at a last minute I decided that I would do the virtual London Marathon. I think we probably mentioned it on the podcast, and so therefore I was training for five weeks. Basically, I was from 10k. I was then in five weeks planning to run. A marathon which is obviously 40 plus k and so yes so that was that was quite a tough thing to actually do and i think a bit like simon it sort of put me off a little bit on running because of the because of the pressure of actually doing that and having said that i've now signed up to, i know it's only half marathon but a similar similar thing i've got a half marathon and it's about six weeks time of which i have again haven't done a lot of training so there seems to be a bit of a pattern there but um I will I will get there eventually, but at least it's not quite a marathon. It's as an interesting one. The half marathon before I did that challenge, I'd run a few charity 10Ks, as I said, and I thought my aspiration would be to do a half marathon. I've never really got that love back to want to do a half marathon. I think I'd happily do a 10K again. But yeah, half marathon I can't see myself signing up for, which maybe I should stretch myself and challenge myself and sign up for one and, and then go from there. But we'll see. Definitely. Cool. So Thank you for those. Uh, so the topic tonight is the testing mindset. I mean, we do discuss often in testing communities and things like that, what the testing mindset is. So what's people's opinion of the testing mindset? Does it, does it actually exist? And what's our interpretation of what we understand the testing mindset to be? I jump in and say what Chris was going to say first. It depends. <laughs> Get your bingo cards ready, guys. It's, uh... Definitely the first one crossed off. I think there's a lot of lot of disagreement on this in the community. I think there is a lot of people that think only test only people with the right mindset can do testing, um, and that the mindset isn't necessarily something that can be taught. You either have it or you don't. I'm not sure I agree with that mindset. Uh, I'm not sure I agree with that statement. Sorry, but there's others that you know say anyone can anyone can test, providing they're given the right right abilities to do so. So for me, the testing mindset is all about the critical thinking, the analytics, the curiosity, the asking questions, the thinking things out and looking at the impact. I don't know whether that's unique to just, uh, that's a, well, I know it's not unique to just testers, but it's certainly something that I found beneficial in making myself a good tester in the past. I would say, I would agree with that. I would also say that I think that obviously as testers, that's the sort of characteristics of people when we're interviewing that we are looking for so therefore we're more likely to choose people that have that idea of questioning and looking at things in detail and and we will discount other people that may be good in other areas and may be suitable in other areas of the company but we are sort of triggered to look for that in the people in the company for the testing role and so therefore we're going to do it you know the, i think it's useful often to have developers that can pair with testers 
or um, do some time or spend some time doing testing because I think they appreciate much more the broader picture of what they can then take to their own roles. And so therefore I think they can have an appreciation and can possibly move into it. But I think that for people within the community or in testing, there is a greater understanding of what the skills are. And so therefore naturally we look for it. I think sometimes we as testers, we, we like to analyze things and we like to look for patterns because that helps inform us and, our, and the information that we have about things. And I think sometimes we're looking for patterns in our own experiences of, of people that we thought were good testers, things that we did that were good in our roles. And, and that's kind of what informs us as we go. But obviously we've all been in different contexts because, you know, it's all about context and, and we've, and, and we, we, we only know what we know. We only seen what we've seen. And so my idea of the key attributes for a good testing role won't be the same as you, even though relatively speaking, we're on the same page and the same comes when we talk about say finding people that are friends or community type buds because you look for people that that like the same things as you you look you kind of you're drawn to people with the same interests you're drawn to people with the same sort of understandings and things that they resonate with and and so you kind of you find people that's how we started as a, as a group in the testing peers, we find people that we know we can sort of resonate with a little bit. We kind of, we understand, we've got that sort of unspoken understanding that, that we kind of believe in roughly the same sort of ideals with the way that we would like things to be. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's one testing mindset. I think there, there is, there's, there, there are these characteristics we've talked about and there are priorities and interpretations and things but i also think if you put the four of us in the same company in a parallel universe we would all do things really differently because we'd have different biases different experiences different skills that we would apply in those places and that would it would look differently so a mindset doesn't mean application will be the same even if we kind of were on the same page i think a good example of that is that you know, one of the things of the testing mindset is questioning skills, but actually the, the way that people do question can be very different. You know, some people are very closed questions, very, some people are incredibly direct and quite are sort of aggressive sometimes in the way that they actually ask questions, whereas other people are much more looking around the subject. It doesn't mean to say that they, it's wrong and it, it's relevant for particular areas, but the, as Chris said, you know, it's the way that they actually do that particular aspect of what's perceived to be part of the testing mindset that can be seen very differently, even though it's, it's the standard thing. I guess one thing I would ask, and maybe it will help us to shape, shape what the testing mindset would actually looks like and, and what we characterize it as. If I was to ask you, who are the great testing minds? So Chris Who Armstrong, would you think of? David Maynard, <laughs> Simon Pryor. Other than us. And three. Russell, obviously. Oh. And Russell, of course. <laughs> Other than us four, you know, who, was, who, who were the first, when you think of testing minds, who is it you think of and what is it that characterises them as a great testing mind? Jerry Weinberg. 
Yeah. Okay. Because he's he's well thought out. He's very articulate. He doesn't sound like he's talking only about his own context. He really sounds like he's done a lot of lot of thinking and discussing things through. So by the time he is actually saying something that I get to digest, it's something that he's really thought about and the impact of it. And 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 I think a well thought out argument and 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 conversation piece can be really valuable when we talk about those things. Which is ironic coming from me, who seems to ad lib everything. Kem Kena. Okay. Uh, I would say Janet Gregory. Yeah. Okay. First name that comes to my head was Dan Ashby, because again, very thought out, very articulate, very good at modelling the way he's thinking and can put it in terms and articulate it to whatever, whoever the audience are to understand it. And, and just you get that idea that something tested by these people would be well tested. But it's interesting though, that, isn't it? Because we only know of them from their talking about testing. From their, exactly, exactly. This is exactly it. So a testing mindset might be someone's very good at articulating it and talking about it in a way that other people can understand. But how good are they at, I'm not for a second questioning their abilities, but we, it's all done on the fact that we've heard talks and we've seen them present stuff and they've written articles and they've written blogs. How does that, how does that transfer to actual testing? And does it matter? Possibly not. But in the context of the testing mindset, it's how we, how we transfer, how we use that in our day-to-day, day-to-day jobs. And then it's a question of, is it something that only people that have got that ability can do? Or is it something that can be trained? What is a mindset? Because we talk about training, we talk about other things. But to me, it's kind of a set of beliefs that drive and motivate you in True. the way in which you do things. So can your beliefs change? Yes. Are they hard to change usually? Sometimes. It can be, depending on what type of beliefs there are. But beliefs are not often the core of someone. They're not something that's peripheral. They are the drives, the motivations, the intrinsic things inside you. Yes, they can change. But what core beliefs do we actually think make a good tester? And I'm, to Chris's point, I'm going to say there's a lot of different ones out there. Um, they're not the same thing. So if we take it back to the testing mindset, you know, we'll all have a different view of what that will be. And I do believe that what shapes us will shape who we are. But there isn't one way. To, to Simon's point there about training and things, yes, there's an element of you can train some beliefs, you can train the ways things are. Some things you can't, but ultimately, is there is there one testing mindset? So there isn't a testing belief. No. It is lots of Agreed. things. Theme, that themes and patterns, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Absolutely. It's um, the, I, I googled mindset because I'm good at googling and um it it says like you know in decision theory mindset is a set of assumptions methods and notions held by people um and that kind of does lean exactly into what you were talking about russell and um like you say these these things do they incentivize us they drive us they are they can manifest themselves into things we call passion and motivation and and change affect our behaviors um, and all of those are super important in, in testing. So maybe one thing that, that's key part of a broad testing mindset is awareness, awareness of these things and, and sort of an acceptance that these things can and will change. 
because I think we can broadly agree that that probably is something that is important and having that sort of awareness both of ourselves and of others call it empathy self-awareness eq that sort of stuff a lot of these things though make you great team players it doesn't testing is one aspect but a lot of what i think we talk about is collaboration teaching communication sharing learning um, they are intrinsic behaviors of good team players people that are driven to keep learning driven to keep doing better and it could be for many different reasons many different beliefs it could be imposter syndrome that drives a lot of people it could be because they want to be better it could be the cristiano ronaldo's of this world that just want to practice kicking a football for 300 hours a day but what motivates us what actually kicks us into that belief pattern is an interesting one because it can have the same result but be triggered by a different motivation I think also that the testing mindset uh, is driven by, as Simon said, you know, the, the people we mentioned there are good communicators and actually being able to communicate your beliefs at that particular time are really important in that in that particular context. And also, I think that as we change roles or as projects come along or different things again our mindset has to change because we have to choose the right method or way of actually testing a particular thing and you know for for me I, sometimes i work on a hardware thing and sometimes i work on something that's more uh, software focused so therefore my methods of actually testing have to change with that and i have to communicate with the people to prove that i know what i'm talking about i am capable of of doing the testing on it or organizing the testing so that it can be done. So the testing mindset is intrinsic to what you're actually testing at that time. But I think it's as much communication to make sure that actually other people are understanding where you're coming from and understand the world that you're you're currently in. You're right. And and I think I think that's the key point is you do have to change based on your context, based on the surroundings, based on the project. Etc. Cetera, et cetera. I've had the comment a few times. Oh, we need your testing mind on this project because you know you'll be able to, you know, get us to the right outcome. And actually, it's not my testing mind thereafter. It's the fact that I'll ask questions. The fact that I'll challenge the status quo, and that I'm looking out for the users when it comes to what the project delivers at the outcome. And that is something that is a communication thing. It's asking the right questions, finding a way to get that conversation started can then help evolve the project. So I, 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 I'm, I'm inclined to, to say that the testing mindset as a thing isn't really a thing. And it's all about communication. It isn't a single thing. It's, it's a communication thing. It's everyone's ability to articulate and ask questions and be curious and explore things that can help evolve the product. A lot of those things are consequences of motivation and Absolutely. awareness and things you know passion. passion is 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 a key thing for sure and um you know I, I was i was thinking as we were talking that one of the things if i were recruiting a tester is uh, the, the conversations i've had in those uh, interviews and stuff before is what is it that drives people why is it they they like testing what is it about testing that they like why do they want to be a tester why do they keep on being a tester because 
a test in minds that you need to be motivated by improving quality and and maybe looking for bugs or or you know advocating for the customer those those sorts of things um are important and it's those motivations i guess is what informs a mindset and becomes a bit of your being and and then all these other things like communication like being somebody that that advocates for customers that, that that goes out of their way to go and find the right tools they need to do the right things to read the right relationships to build with people they're all consequences of that motivation if they don't have that at their core maybe they don't have that testing mindset but they can still do testing well and maybe that's when we talk about consequences of putting the right tools in people's hands giving them the right guidance and coaching and things i don't i don't think everyone intrinsically has to have a testing mindset like we've like we sort of sort of part dismissed it's it's more an understanding of what are, what's the drive what's the motivation why do i want this thing to be better why do i care for this customer why do i want this process to be improved why does this code need to be written better these tests to be optimized blah 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 I think you're right. And I think it, it reminds me of, uh, I remember Alan Page has talked about on the, on the AB testing podcast when he's talked about the, the modern testing principles and the, the last one about removing the need for the role of a permanent or a, a, a full-time test, test role. And that leads to the conversation where he's been challenged in the past about the testing mindset. And that's why we need testers. And he's proven that he's trained a whole development team to be able to do testing as effectively as a standalone test team have done in the past and to prove that it isn't about the mindset it's about the ability to care about the product and to deliver with quality and that's ultimately what we're saying that the mindset is as chris just said it's it's about caring about the product and wanting to deliver the best best possible solution and with that comes the the curiosity and the the inquisitive nature and the trying to ensure we we give the users the best best outcome I was thinking of the word instinct as well. Hmm. It's interesting because that same behavioral drive, I would argue, is a developer mindset. Yeah, absolutely. For the same exact reasons, the motivation is they want to write code to solve problems. And they, they want the problems yeah. to be solved correctly, to bring value and so on. They're coming at it from writing, usually, not always, of writing the best quality code. They focus their minds on one aspect, just as testers focus on testing. Developers often focus on writing quote code, the way to solve the problem better. Testers focus on this other thing. And actually, if you combine the two, to your point about modern testing principles, then actually you come to this wonderful world of everyone cares, everyone's working together for one common goal, and that they're, they're not narrowly focused. They are broad spectrum. They are thinking yes. beyond themselves. Uh, and it's a wonderful world, and you can get there. And it may need specialists, it may not need specialists, it may need testers, it may need lots of different people with very unique skills. But actually, it may just be imparting those skills to others so that they can go on that journey and keep, keep going. And then, obviously, you want people to absorb, to learn, to go on. Yeah, that, I've got my passion up talking about this. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and that, that exactly is, is why there's no reason why developers can't do testing as well. Or, of course admins bas everyone yeah i think i think the key point here is the fact that again it comes down 
to communication and sort of having an understanding that there isn't really there's a bespoke testing mindset again as we've all said you know it, it's instilling the passion for to produce the best quality product that you're actually doing and as long as everyone is understanding of that and recognizes their part in it they may not be able to do as no one can do the whole job but as recognizing their part in that and as russell said or that you know you may need specialists for it but it's the organization of that end goal and recognizing the end goal and getting everyone's buy-in into it in order to ensure that it can occur do you think that sometimes because of the way in which people put the pressure or the pamphlet onto quality or qa or testers to be the gatekeepers of quality that almost in itself becomes a driver subconsciously because it feels like you're responsible for this therefore you suddenly start to care so much and try and almost put the brakes on and actually can drive some negative connotations as well which is you know you're the gatekeeper mm. so don't let anything through but it's that intrinsic motivation and sometimes our actions can then drive that mindset concept that oh you're the gatekeeper of quality which isn't actually the mindset but it's become the mindset because people keep telling you that's your job it's interesting how one plays into the other there's another case of us being guilty of sort of protecting our own kind again and sort of saying, mm. well, I'm a tester, testing, testing, testers do testing. You can't do that because testers do that. And there is there is that sort of, am I doing like this, this whole mindset, like you talked about the modern testing principles, am I doing testers out of a role? Like for the games testing when I started was very much throw, you know, tens, hundreds of people at something for a short period of time and then get rid automation comes in and all of a sudden you don't need that many people and there's only sort of a handful of bespoke people who who are more sort of experts and such and it's like well is this really a career that's got a future the answer is there's always going to be a requirement for testing and quality so you know it, it's tricky because i can see why people are defensive about these things i can see that people are saying that well in my organization in my context that's difficult but surely one of the things about critical thinking is to challenge the status quo and to try and make things better. I, I sort of tried to identify with the great Thomas the Tank Engine, inspirational figure in our lives. He always wanted to be a really useful engine. That was his whole goal in life. He wanted to get more responsibility, get his own line. But ultimately, his drive was to be useful and to be recognised. And if we actually find that testing that we are doing is gatekeeping it's it's a bottleneck it's getting in the way it actually isn't providing value then then is that really good if all we're trying to do is hold our place because we think that's what we have to do even if it's not really the right thing on a complete tangent have you seen what they've done to thomas the tank engine now cartoonized him and made him into a very oh that's what happens to everything all the best cartoons squeaky voiced things evolve yes not necessarily always for the best. No. Things should never change, Russell. Forget everything <laughs> I said. One thing I was going to say is that something that happens quite well in companies is when they have, you know, an afternoon where everybody, as we were saying, you know, anyone can do testing, but everyone has a go at playing with, with whatever the product is. 
and you know trying to find bugs trying to do their own exploratory testing and actually that can really be really beneficial for, for two reasons firstly the whole company recognizes the product and gets to know it but secondly it's an appreciation that actually there can be frustrations annoyances bugs issues absolutely anywhere and if you throw a lot of people at it you can probably find them a lot quicker and so therefore again it gets you into that um, thought process of let's improve the quality we're all part of this let's try and improve the quality and that's exactly why we started our test parties at easier for that exact reason so we got people from all the different teams together including directors of tech and everyone else coming along and seeing the product and and playing with it and finding issues and it's one thing that made me realize and you're right david is i mean how many of you have worked on a project on a product maybe in a test manager's role where you don't actually see the product in action all you see is the documentation you see everything around it but you never actually see how the product works and the first time you see it is in this exploratory testing session at the end of the project and you went that isn't what we were writing documents about. That isn't what we were talking about six months ago. What's going on? And it's just that that realization that there is a real product behind all the all the red tape and the documentation that you're working on and, and, the, and the bureaucratic meetings that you're having to sit in to talk about. So yes, absolutely. Getting everyone together talking about quality and, and doing testing on something together is is a is a way to really bring that to life. I'm curious, because it makes me wonder. Do you think the that encourages this sort of joint responsibility for quality, encourages those sort of things. But do you think it might suggest to people that, well, why didn't the testers find these things? Why didn't, so you guys have got experience doing it. I've not done that. I've had bug bashes and things, but you know, does it encourage that behavior of or anyone can do testing or um, kind of why didn't testers find this sort of stuff or does it discourage it because everyone's involved in it? Well, I think because certainly in our experience, because the remit is either so vast or on something that isn't necessarily a brand new project it's more about here's the website go and find just go and explore the website for, for an hour you know here's the remit go and do that and they come back and everybody's found something completely different because they've looked at something differently some people have turned on the accessibility tools some people looked to the dev tools in chrome some people have just tried you know big ints and stuff like that so they all come back with different things um it just brings back the variety of what can be done. It's more about awareness of this is what testing can involve. It isn't just a, here's a few scripts, go and run them. Same reason why ensemble testing works as well, isn't it? Yeah. Those things work really, really great as well. Like really great activities. And again, it loops back to working with other people and communicating well. <laughs> and and actually it's it opens up the benefit of fun it's the fun element of, of trying you know it again it's a bit like you know exploratory testing just being able to have the freedom to do whatever you want to do you know so many times doing sometimes doing exploratory testing you find this really random way of actually getting a bug and you go to a developer and they go no that no one's ever going to do that in in real life but you know having that freedom having that hour to just for everyone just to play at it and try and bash it as much as they can is really good fun for them you know it, and so therefore i don't think it diminishes what we've got because actually what it recognizes is that there are so many different ways that you can interact with that particular product and there will be permeations where there are 
things that are that are buggy but it's whether it's seen often in real life and the cost of it uh, that that's the main thing exactly and it's also things that wouldn't necessarily be wrong by looking at the requirements but actually in real life it's not something that would ever necessarily be able to happen an example uh, is on our website for instance you can officially book one adult with 10 children now in real life i don't ever see one adult taking 10 children on a flight nothing physically wrong with that and you think you know it's something that in theory could happen but is it something we really want to encourage it's it's just it's it's not wrong but it just feels it feels wrong as far as i'm you know it's not a requirement but it's something that couldn't ever see happening so do you is that a bug probably not but it's something that we raise because it's you know, it doesn't feel right other examples like that as well teachers on school trips yeah possibly but, but, yeah. but even then you wouldn't have one teacher for one teacher for 35 year olds yeah mm. uh, i misheard you i thought you said 10 oh yeah obviously i did say 10 but yeah even still i guess final point then before we close then so what what do we think about the testing mindset then? Is it a thing? Mindsets are. Mindsets Is there a particular yes. one for testing? I think it's very close or very similar to lots of other ones. You yeah. can't define it basically no. as a testing mindset. It's a mindset Absolutely that's agree. useful for testing. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Brilliant. And on that, thank you, everyone. Very good conversations again. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you want to get in touch and tell us your views on on the testing mindset then please reach out we can be found on most of the socials facebook instagram twitter linkedin the podcast is on all good podcast streaming sites including good pods and if you're if you're old-fashioned and still use emails then contact us at testingpeers.com is always a good way to get hold of us as well we don't get enough emails so please send more emails if you're interested in sponsoring us supporting us we do have a patreon site patreon.com slash testing peers and chris holding his post-it note up again is we are looking at hopefully starting doing our peers con a testing and leadership test conference testing a leadership test conference testing a leadership conference at some point so any support any ideas any ideas for venues or anything else that you'd like to like to get in touch with about the, the conference, then please, please reach out. The more information we can get, the, the better community driven event we can create. And on that, thank you to our sponsors, Saffron QA, uh, for continuing to support us. For now, it's goodbye from the testing peers. Goodbye. goodbye.